Thank you, band. You guys are amazing. Is it okay if I move around a little bit? I'm gonna I'm gonna get my walk on. How are we? How are we? High fives, high fives, high fives in the front row. Oh, sorry, mate. Hello, can I get a high five? No, fantastic. How are we doing? Are we good? Fantastic. Three people are doing well. Come on, are we doing all right this morning? Is it okay if I move around? Is that all right? I just need some room just for activities. You like that? That was probably as high as I've ever gotten in my life. Um, hey, it's so good to be here with you this morning. It's honestly a, a massive privilege and an honor. I just want to take a moment to honor your senior pastors. Pastor Lottie, is that what we call him? Pastor Lottie or Pastor Mike? Pastor Lottie, Reverend, Reverend Lottie. Uh, Reverend Lottie and his amazing wife, Lauren. Thank you guys so much for having me in your amazing facility. This is a beautiful church. And uh, we just want to honor you guys for what you guys are building here in Maitland. This is awesome. So thank you very much. for Come on, can we honor our senior pastors this morning? You guys are great. We love you guys. And I also got some time to spend, spend some time over this weekend with some of our friends, uh, Josh and Pip Davey. Come on, can we, give, can we encourage them as well? They're awesome. And um, so grateful to be with you this morning. Look, I really feel like God put this word on my heart. I was, I was kind of like, God, you better not do this to me right now. I was like, I'd prepped all of yesterday, this whole week. And I was like, man, I got this word. I'm excited. And so I feel like I might preach that word tonight. But I just really felt like God wanted to, I don't know, God wanted to just revive something in, in your church, revive something in your heart and bring something to life in Jesus' name. So is that okay if we go there? Uh, this morning. Um, I'm actually here with my beautiful wife and daughter, Katie Mendes, and my daughter, Anaya. Come on, can we welcome them? Is that okay? They're amazing. Anaya, baby, say hello. You're clapping yourself. Don't do that. That's, that's, not, that's weird. We don't clap ourselves, but, but I, I understand why you did that. Um, my wife and I, we've been married now for six years, and um, see that? I just did the old checkeroo. Uh, um, we've been married now for six years, and, uh, and it's, been, it's been awesome. The best, right? Yep. <laughs> Come on, man. Help me out here, right? Be a bit more excited than that. Um, we've been married now for six years. This is a photo of us on our wedding day. I'm going to put this up. If that's, there you go. Hello. Wow, right? Yeah. Some would call me the president of the punching club. If you don't know what that is, just ask your child. And, uh, and uh, yep, that's us. We got married in Fiji uh, six years ago. I don't know why Fiji. I'm not from there, but uh, it just sounded like a good idea at the time. And, uh, and so that's us. In fact, it all started a very, very long time ago. This is a photo of us when we first met. Uh, check this out. There you go. Hello. Yeah. Oh, I like your church. You guys are like... Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Sorry, I'm like cutting off the bottom. You guys are very nice. Normally, people would laugh at me. <laughs> like People are like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, how fresh do I look though, right? Don't I look like the freshest little curry out in the world, is that, is, that, is that not the truth right there? And so, uh, wow, my skin looks really good in that photo there, doesn't it? I, I like your projectors, they're fantastic. And can, can you notice that Katie is, is kind of giving me a bit of a compassion lean, like, oh, you're so short, like, <laughs> lean down. Uh, and so that was us. We've actually known each other since we were 11 years old, went to high school together, we're best friends in high school, and we got married. And we obviously have a daughter, and we're gonna put a photo of her up on the screen, look at that. Isn't she the cutest thing, right? You might have not have seen her, but she is just those cheeks. We, we, um, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously uh, milk chocolate, and uh, my wife is white chocolate. Together, uh, we made a caramello kid, and so, uh, so that's her. And um, and look, 
you know, family's the best. And uh, this is kind of, I mean, this is not hot off the press, but we're letting you into our family right now. Uh, we actually have another one on the way. Check this out. Boom, there it is, right? See the, the it, you can't tell the resemblance, right? But doesn't, don't you feel like the, portion, the proportion is very, like, it's strong, right? No? Okay. Let's just take that off the screen. That's cool. That's all right. Uh, So that's us. And so we're soon to be four. I feel like we're going to be a real family now. You know what I mean? Like one is so portable, um, but but two, that's like equalizing the ratio. So um, I'm a bit scared because now I have to step up and be a real dad. Uh, I'm joking. I've been a real dad the whole time. Uh, And so anyway, that's us. And uh, we're just excited to be here. We're the youth and young adult pastors at our church in Petersham. And so, um, yeah, man. 92 years old, hey, what, a, what an amazing thing about longevity. Who believes that Sydney, who believes New South Wales needs churches that are not around for just 10 years or 20 years, but come on around for a long time, doing the journey, making a difference eternally. Uh, I believe it's important. So we're grateful to be a part of that. Uh, look, the title of my message this morning, I'm, I'm actually not going to tell you that. If you have your Bible, uh, could you turn with me to Genesis chapter 18? Is that okay? Are you guys alive this morning? Um, one thing, if I can ask you to do is, uh, as you could tell, I'm of uh, Sri Lankan heritage. And so that means I grew up in an ethnic household. And uh, the rules in our household were very strict, but there was also one guideline. It was a very loud house. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this about, uh, you know, Sri Lankans. They're very loud people. So I need, you to let, uh, I need you to make me feel at home. Is that okay? Can you just get a little bit loud this morning? If I'm sharing something with you and you're feeling like God's speaking to you, just you can say amen. You can, if you have a puppet on you, just throw it up in the air. Uh, whatever you want to do to feel at home, make me feel at home. Can you, just, can you just let me know you're alive out there? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, there we go. There we go. I'm feeling, I'm feeling comfortable. Bible says this in Genesis 18. We're going to go from verse 10. It says this, Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, pause. Let me give you some context here. God is actually talking to a man named Abraham. Abraham is one of the fathers of the Christian faith. In fact, God, a few chapters before uh, Genesis 18, God has this conversation with Abraham, and pretty much what he says is, he says this, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, uh, as numerous as the sand on the shore. I'm going, to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you land. You are going to be hooked up. Now, you've got to understand in, in that time, the way that people would be considered to be wealthy was if they had large family and if they had land. So God is pretty much saying to Abraham, hey, you're about to get blessed. You're about to get hooked up. You're about to get cashed up. This is going to be a good ride for you. This is going to be awesome. And so God promises him family. God promises him land. Everything looks fantastic. And so, 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 so Abraham kind of walks away from this going, man, this is amazing. 25 years later, Abraham has this problem where he still can't have a child. So 25 years ago, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you family. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you everything that you hope for. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be wealthy. Are you catching what I'm trying to say today? Right? You're going to, you, there's a big promise coming your way. There's a big dream coming your way. There's a big vision coming your way. This is for you, Abraham. 25 years go by, not one child, not one bit of land, nothing. And so 25 years on, we pick up at verse 10. Are you with me now? Sorry, are you with me now? Okay. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. 
25 years ago, that didn't happen. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past. Everyone say past. Come on, everyone say past. The age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and you will have a son? Sorry, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that the Lord said to Abraham? Sorry, whoa, 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 what's going on? I think this is moving, right? I'm going to hold on to this real tight, okay? So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? I love this. Verse 14, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) I love that. Laugh. Can we all say laugh together? And the title of my message this morning, if you're writing down notes, which I hope you are, the title of my message is this, L-O-L, the laugh of limitation. Laugh of limitation. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to speak to us this morning. We thank you that you want to restore dreams, God, that you want to restore vision, and that, God, you want to bring something to life in us. Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I love laughing. Laughing is like one of my favorite hobbies. (laughs) It's not really a hobby. It's just something that I love doing. Have you noticed that laughing is quite contagious, right? When someone laughs, someone starts to laugh. Someone else just starts to laugh. Have you also noticed that there are different types of laughs? Just one person. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. Come on. Have you noticed that there are different types of laughs, right? I mean, you have, you have um, what I like to call the oinker, right? Start laughing and <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Right? Right? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone have that? Anyone have that? Anyone have that? Uh, uh, I heard that. I heard it as well. Yep. There you go. There's, there's also a laugh uh, called um, the slapper. Anyone heard of the slapper? <laughs> right? You know, that really hurt my leg. But you, you, know, you, you know what I'm trying to say, right? There's also like um, the shoulder bubble. People laugh at you and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you need to get that checked out with the doctor. You know what I'm saying? See, me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm what you call a clapper. Right? As soon as I start laughing, I don't know what, what it is about laughing. I just, just something takes over my hands. <laughs> I don't know why. But if I actually start laughing, I'll just be like this. <laughs> right? And so I just, you just start clapping, right? Now, my wife and I, we're both clappers, right? But there's something interesting about my wife and I is that uh, my wife has uh, zero rhythm, right? Uh, and so when I laugh, it kind of sounds like this, right? And so there's a bit of rhythm, there's some beat to it. Katie, on the other hand, she'll laugh and uh, she'll kind of take you by surprise. Like, and it's like, well, hang on, wait, there was, we, and I'm like, Katie, when we're out in public, you can't do that. We don't look like we're a family that kind of has it together. Can you please let me know when you're about to clap? And so, so I mean, there are different types of laugh. In fact, laughing can get you in big trouble, right? I'll never forget when I was in school. I don't know why this happened. Anyone feel like their defense mechanism is just to laugh? 
I'll never forget being in trouble, getting told. I mean, this was very rare, 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 rare occurrence in, in my childhood. Um, but my principal, I'd be pulled into the principal's office and I would, I don't know why, I would have to look down on the floor. I'd have to hold my lips together because I would just like start cracking up. I thought it was the, the funniest thing, right? Laughing can get you in trouble. I, I'll never forget this one moment in my life, right? See, growing up, I've I, I found that that the way I was brought up was very different to Katie. See, see, in, in, the, in the house that I grew up in, which is the brown house, I like to call it, right? In the brown house, man, you get smacked. There are, there are, anyone here familiar with hidings? I mean, yeah, getting smacked. Okay, this, this, this is good. See, Katie, on the other hand, never got smacked when she was a child. She grew up with something called the naughty corner. That sounds scary. I mean, that, what? the naughty corner sounds like the most peaceful place I've ever heard of in my life. I mean, this is, the naughty, this is the idea of the naughty corner. You'd have to go stand in a corner and just, just think. You have to think about what you've done. You could spend a bit of time in worship. You could sing. You could sweat. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great things you could do in the naughty corner. Here I am. You know what? In my house, there was a game that we used to play. The game was called Pick the Stick. You had to pick the stick you were about to get hit with. I mean, what? My wife's there playing Monopoly and, you know, singing Kumbaya near fires, and I'm playing pick the stick in my house, right? That was so, so different. I'll never forget this moment. My brother, my little brother, he was getting in trouble uh, at, at home, and, and, uh, and, and, and my mum, my mum was ready for him, and my mum would go in. She'd, she loves a good hiding, you know what I'm saying? And so, so she kind of got my brother, and she was like ready to go, and, uh, and I don't know what it is about this, and don't judge me, right, because you probably connect with me. Isn't it awesome when your siblings are getting smacked? Like, isn't, isn't that just a good fear? I, I know it's bad. I know we're in church, but we've got to be honest, right? Isn't it just awesome when it's not you it's your brother or your sister, you know what I'm saying, right? And like when you know that they're about to get smacked, something inside, you just want to pull out some popcorn, put your feet up and just watch the show, right? You know what I'm saying? And so I'll never forget my mom, she was about to go in on my brother and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be so good. We're about to get, I don't know what it is. It's like the birds just cheeped that little, that little bit louder. The sun's just a little bit brighter. I'm like, man, we are ready to go. Let's get it. And so I'm just so excited. And so, so my, my mom's in our, in our bedroom and she's just ready to go in on my brother. And I kind of, I did the biggest mistake. I, I kind of went up to this, to the door and I stuck my head around the corner just to, just to get, have a look, you know, I just want to see what's about to go down. So I kind of peeked my head out and my brother, he catches my eyes sees me kind of like ducked in and looking over at him. And as, as I look at him, he kind of looks up at me. He like looks right into my soul. You know what I'm saying, Lottie? Like I'm talking about, he didn't look at me in the eyes. He like looked right into my spirit. You know what I mean? Like he was like, I want you. <laughs> like like, like that, that's what it was like. And he looked right into my spirit and, and, and he said the words that changed my life forever. He said, Mom, Jason's laughing at me. <laughs> my mom, literally the Sri Lankan Robocop, just does this, focus on me. My mom literally chased me around the house, was throwing slippers at me, and I was just trying to survive. I remember I ran around the house. I hid under chairs. My mom caught me, and I'm the one who got the hiding. It was like, how did the tables turn, right? See, laughing can get you in trouble. All because I laughed, did I, was I the one that now got in trouble? And the reason why I say this, I love this story because there's Sarah in the back of this tent laughing because God had promised her something that she hadn't seen for 25 years and she began to laugh, began to doubt. And this is the thing, a laugh is not just a laugh. A laugh is a sign of doubt. 
right? Are you with me? A laugh is a sign of insecurity. I mean, Sarah didn't laugh because she couldn't have a child. Sarah laughed because she didn't believe that God was able to come through for her. Sarah laughed because she had insecurity. Sarah laughed because she had doubt. Sarah laughed because of negativity. And this is the thing. When we hear vision, there's a laugh that comes up on the inside of us. There's a doubt that rises up. There's an insecurity that rises up. There are things that rise up. And, I, and what I've found is this. The laugh in our life limits us. So the question I have for you is this. What is the laugh that is limiting your life? What's the laugh in your life that is limiting you? The thing that's in your life, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's an insecurity, maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's a mindset, maybe it's a way of thinking, maybe you're holding on to something you shouldn't hold on to. What is the thing, what is the laugh in your life that's limiting you? And if you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. The first thought is this, our laugh is our lid. Our laugh is our lid. When I say lid, I mean our laugh is our restriction. It limits us from moving forward. Uh, what I've found in life is that our laugh is more about our insecurity than God's inability. Let me say that again. Our laugh is more about our insecurity than God's inability. I love that verse. Verse 14, it says, is anything too hard for our God? There's nothing too hard for our God, and we know that, and we believe that, and we go, yep, all things are possible. God can heal. God can restore. God can do this. But after 25 years of waiting, after 25 years of struggling, after 25 years of not seeing an answer, can God still provide for you? It's hard to really believe that, right? It's hard to kind of go, you know what, God, I got this dream for our church. I got this dream for my business. I got this dream for my family. I have a dream to have a family. I have a dream for my career. I have a dream for my, for my, for my wife. I have a dream for my life. I have a dream for my husband. I got a dream for my kids. And then after 25 years of not seeing it, it, it it's hard to believe that God's going to come through, right? Is it okay if I get real in church, right? Sometimes it's really hard to see that God is going to come through. You know what I've found? I've found that there are three things, three key areas that shape the life in our life. And if you write it down, that's when you write these three things down. It's our past, it's our perception, and it's our position. Our past, our perception, our position. Can you say that with me? Our past, our perception, and our position. Our past, so often we hold on to the past. It's like, man, things were done better yesterday. Things were done better last year. Things were done better 10 years ago. Oh, God, if we could only go back to the glory days. But who knows that if you really believe the Word of God, that God is not just about acknowledging the past. No, it's about building on the future. It's about moving forward. God doesn't want us to wait in yesterday. God wants us to step into tomorrow, step into our future because there's more people to be saved. Come on. There's more people that need Jesus. There's more hope to be found. There's more answers to be had. God is on the move. He wants to us to move forward. So why do we get so caught up with the past and we forget about our future? I want to tell you today that your past doesn't define your future. What was said about you back then is not who you are. What was done to you back then is who you are. God actually wants us to step into the future that we're called to do. But so often our laugh or our doubt or our addiction or the thing that we're going through in our life that's limiting us is so bound by our past. We're holding on to yesterday and that stops us from stepping into tomorrow. Our laugh is our lid, our perception how we see ourselves, how we see God. You know what, God, you're, just, you're a God who 
is there, but you never provide for me. You never help me. God, I need an answer. God, I need something now. And then the perception of God, the perception of us, the perception of our pastors, the perception of the people around us, it then starts to shape how we doubt and how we believe whether God can actually come through. I mean, His Word says nothing's too hard for God. His Word says that all things are possible through God, but we still don't believe. Can I be real? Is that all right? I mean, there are times where I don't believe. There are times where it's like, God, are you actually going to come through? God, are you actually going to step God, are you actually going to get us out of this situation? I want to tell you today that our God, there's nothing too hard for Him. And our position. So often we look at our position and we go, you know what, God? I'm a uni student. All I've been doing is eating meagering for three months, right? God, this is all. I have no money. I'm just working hard. I'm just studying. That's all. I've got no time. I've got, I got no this. I've got no that. And you know what's crazy, right? Then you get married and you have a kid and you realize that you had so much time as a uni student. Can I get an amen from all the parents, right? And so often we think that we don't have time and we don't have the resource and we go, God, because of the position that I'm in. And who knows that life just gets challenging. It gets tougher. We get more busy. It, 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 it's not about our position because we, we look back and we go, God, you could have done that in my life back then and now I'm too busy. No, no, no. It's not about our position. God is not a God of just waiting on your position and just, oh, man, I'm just in this circumstance. I can't do anything. I want to tell you that your position, your past, your perception, they shape our laugh. And what our laugh does is it limits us from stepping into the plan that God has for our future. God in this room has put dreams on people's hearts. There have been business ideas and people in this room. God put a business idea in your mind and in your heart. And because of past, because of perception, because of position, you've let the dream slide. God might have put a dream in your heart for your ministry, for your connect group, for this church. And maybe God put this dream on your heart for this church. And because of the past, because of perception, because of the position you're in, you just waited and just let it slide. But I want to tell you that our laugh is our lid. We don't have to wait on our laugh. It limits us from stepping forward. But if we could understand that our God is the promise keeper, that our God is our provider, that our God is the God of breakthrough, that He's the God of the impossible, then we don't have to wait on our, on our past. We don't have to wait on our perception. We don't have to wait on our position. We can actually stand on His promise. Are you with me this morning? We're getting quiet out here. We're alive. We're okay. All right. So number one, our laugh is our lid. You know what our laugh does? It sentences us to an ordinary life. It just keep, keeps us living an average life. And I was thinking about it the other day. Is, this, is there really, is this, is this it to life? I mean, some of us in this room, you, you, you go to church Sunday, you, you, you then get ready, you go to bed early on Sunday night, get up on Monday. You know what you do? You get up on Monday, have wheat bix for breakfast, and then you head off after wheat bix, head off straight to work. Nine to five, you know what you've done for lunch? You got a tuna sandwich. What? The tuna sandwich. Fantastic choice, right? And you got tuna sandwich, nine to five. Then you get home, you have spag bowl for dinner, right? Shout out to the spag bowl fans. And, uh, and then you get home, uh, while you're at home after dinner, you watch the block, right? Any block fans? Fantastic. It's the weirdest, worst show of, of all time. I'm joking. You love it. It's fantastic. Uh, um, 
And then you know what happens? The next day, Tuesday rolls around, you get to bed, you, you wake up, you have wheat bigs, you know what? Because you're jazzing it up today, you're going to put some honey on that bad boy. And then uh, you head off to work, nine to five. And you know what? Tuna sandwich just didn't cut it today. It's tuna sandwich and mayonnaise. Whoa. And, uh, and so you got this tuna sandwich, mayonnaise. You get home, you have, instead of spag bowl, you have lasagna for dinner, right? And you know what lasagna is? La- lasagna is just a structured spag bowl, right? Anyone realize that, right? And so you have that for dinner, and then you watch a rerun of yesterday's block, right? And then Wednesday rolls around, and you do the same thing over and over. And I was thinking, is that really all there is to life? Is life just get up, work, have wheat bix and tuna sandwiches for the rest of it? Is that all there is to my life, or am I called for something greater? Has God actually positioned me here for more than just get up, work, make money, bring it home? Get up, work, make money, bring it home. Is that all there is to life? Because when we, when we live our lives just settling for second best, we sentence ourselves to an ordinary life. I want to tell you today, God has not called you to an ordinary life. God has called you to be breakthrough in Maitland. God has called you to make a difference in New South Wales. God has called you to bring change to your world. Can I get an amen out here? The second thought is this. So number one, our life is our lid. Number two, our promise is our platform. Number one, our life is our lid. And number two, our promise is our platform. You know, what I find so interesting about this is they had to wait for 25 years. That's a long, long time. 25, it's not just 25 years of waiting. It's 25 years of not hearing an answer. It's 25 years of struggling. It's 25 years of trying, 25 years of discouragement, 25 years of anger, 25 years of no trust, 25 years of feeling like a failure, 25 years of holding on, 25 years of going, God, come on, you can come through, 25 years of praying, 25 years of hoping, 25 years and God promised it. I mean, God said it. And, and we all know this, right? If God says it, it's got to happen. When God speaks it, it, it it's going to come through. It's going to come to pass. And we believe that. But the reality is, what will you do when God doesn't come through? What do we do in the waiting time? What do we do in that 25 years? They waited. They held on. They hung on for so long. But I love it. Verse 14. Is anything too hard for our God? You know what? You need to catch that today. There is nothing that's too hard for your God. There's nothing that's too impossible for Him. God can come through. God can provide. God can restore. God can heal. God can mend. That is the God that we serve. We serve the God of the impossible, right? There's nothing too hard for our God. I love this in Isaiah 40 verse 8. The Bible says this, Although the grass withers and the flowers fall, Check this out. The word of our God stands forever. I love that. Because what that's saying is seasons come and go. It says summer comes, summer goes, winter comes, winter goes. You know what that is? People, they come. People, they go. Family comes, family goes. Friends come, friends go. Business comes, business goes. Money comes, money goes. Things change. Things are always changing. But the one thing that stays the same is our God. He will never fail. So if God said it, it's going to happen. 
If God birthed that idea in your heart, and if it's a God idea, it's going to come to pass. If God promised a family, then you're going to see a family. If God promised a business, you'll see a business. If God promised provision, you're going to see provision. That is the God that we serve, right? So when everything's failing around us, when everything's falling apart, when our laugh is the lid, well, the one thing that we can stand on is His promise. Sarah and Abraham had to stand on something. They, they didn't have anything to hold to, so the only thing they could stand on was His promise. And what I've found in life is we get so caught up with our position and what we don't have that we forget about His promise. And I want to tell you today, don't let your position dictate your promise. Some of us in this room, we just got to pick up this Bible and actually see what the promise says about us. Because so often our position tells us one thing, but His promise says another thing. For example, our position might say, you know what? You're going to be alone. His promise says He'll never leave us or forsake us. You catch what I'm saying today? Sometimes our position says, you know what? You're too tall, you're too short, you're too big, you're too skinny. His promise says that I've been made in, in the image of God. I've been made in His image and God planned it. You know what? Sometimes our position says you have no future. You know what the promise says? I have a future for you. I have a hope for you. You were called. You were chosen. You know what the position might say? The position might say you're not good enough. God's not there working with you. God doesn't want to help you. You know what the promise says? God works for the good of those who love Him. Sometimes we actually got to read the promise and believe the promise and apply the promise to ourselves. You know what the position might say? You have no resource. The promise says, my God is my provider. He provides everything that I need. I want to tell you, stop standing on your position. Start standing on His promise. Man, our, God's promise is our platform. Don't let your position dictate the promise. We so often, you know what we do? We, we let our circumstance shape our calling. You've got to catch that today. We let our circumstance shape our calling. You know what, God, this is our circumstance. So I can't be the giver that you've called me to be. You know what, God, this is my circumstance. I don't have time. So I guess I can't serve the way you've called me to serve. God, I don't have the right resource, so I can't give the way you want me to give. Stop letting your calling shape your circumstance. Stop letting the world shape the word. Stop letting your position shape your promise. Come on, let's stand on the promises of God. This says who He is. This says who we are. And that is all we need to stand on. Amen? And the last thing, if I can get the band up real quick. Is this okay? Is this helping anyone today? So our life is our lid. His promise is our platform. Our life is our lid, our insecurities, our doubt, our mindsets. Those are the lids. Our past is the lid. Our, our perception of things, that's the lid. But the promise of God, the dream He put in my heart, that's the promise, right? That's our platform. It's the thing that we stand on. It's the thing that we, we lead from. It's the thing that we speak from. It's the thing that we give from. It's the thing that we run our businesses from. It's the thing that we lead our families from. It's our promise, right? So our life is our lid. Our promise is our platform. And here's the craziest thing about this whole, this whole thing. Is that God actually takes His promise, right? He takes the promise and He fulfills it with our life. God takes the promise that we stand on and He fulfills it with our laugh. Now check this out. I want to explain this to you, right? 
Anyone remember who, who Abraham and Sarah's son was? Isaac, right? So Abraham and Sarah, for 25 years, they wait. 25 years of waiting. 25 years of struggle. The whole thing, 25 years of it. And after 25 years, like, like, like are you understanding how, how hard that is? Like God said, I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to give you family. I'm going to bless you. You're going to have kids. You're going to have the whole thing. It's going to be awesome. For 25 years, they can't even have one child. God, you promised me descendants. You promised they were going to be as numerous as the stars. We're talking not hundreds, not thousands, not hundreds of thousands, not millions. We're talking billions and billions and billions of people will come from you. And it's like, God, I can't even have one child. And God does the craziest thing. Eventually, 25 years later, they end up having a son. A year after that story, they have their first son. You know what the son's name is? Isaac. You know what Isaac means in the Hebrew? It means laughter. Laughter. Now catch this. God took the insecurity that Sarah had, and that was actually the promise that God birthed through them. God took the laugh. God took the insecurity. God took the doubt. Are you catching this today? He took the limitation that we have. He took the past. He took the doubt. He took the mindset, took the negativity. And what he did was he actually gave the promise through the insecurity. Laughter. Laughter. And, and I, I was thinking about this in my own life because I've seen God do that over and over again. Sometimes when I feel like I can't step out, I can't do what God's called me to do, God actually takes my insecurity and He takes my doubt and He takes my thinking and He changes it and He fulfills the promise with it. That's powerful because when you understand that and when you catch that, God will use your mess. 